All right, we're live. I'm here with Derek Lewis. D. Lou, what's going on, man? How you doing? All right, B. Good to see you, man. Good to be here. All right. Derek is from another West Haven football guy, uh, UConn alum, Southern Connecticut alum, correct? Yeah. Yep. Both. Okay. All right. And uh, former high school football coach, right? No yeah. Longer, no longer. Retired. Now retired. Semi. I call it semi-retired. I like it. Semi-retired. <laughs> now, you were at... Uh, Bridgeport Central. Correct? Yeah, that was that was my last spot. Um, started my high school football coaching career, head coach wise, at Bassett at Bridgeport. Gotcha. Stayed there for a couple of years. I was like Jonathan Law. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Jonathan yeah. Law, Milford for a couple of years. Um, then I jumped over to college, coached at SC. Oh, nice. Um, then made my way back down to Bridgeport Central. Then my son got extremely huge and into, <laughs> yeah, into yeah. sports. So I said, yeah. I think it's a little semi retirement time. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's um. He's a uh, Notre Dame player. Right? Notre Dame, yeah, yeah. All right, so I gotta ask, why, why Notre Dame and not West Ham? <laughs> oh, oh man, you know what? Uh, it was something that Christian wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, the the school is tremendous. I mean, I don't know how. I tried every which way to hate that school. Yeah, yeah. I still try to kind of <laughs> do um, until he made me paint our gym, our little makeshift gym. So I'm swiping and crying like I can't believe this. Bert Sinclair is like, I do paint that freaking gym green and gold. I was like, Bert, don't yell at me. I but, know Bert, he was pissed. Oh my God. No, you know, but but it's, it's been a great experience so far for Chris. And and like like I told Coach way back last year, I says, if you can convince the boss, my wife, mommy, mm -hmm. I, I go with it, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And let me tell you something. He, they, the school won her over, and, uh, and Christian's had a great that's, that's all that oh, matters. Oh, man, you know? he is. He is. I'm a roll kid. He's, he's doing great. He's, he's doing going great. into what, what grade? Sophomore. He's going to be a sophomore? Sophomore, yeah. Okay. Right now, he's about 6'2 and a half. A 208, 209. What position? <laughs> yeah. He's he's actually, you know, it's funny. He's cross training right now, inside outside backer. Yep, yep. Um, I swear if he gets another half inch and another 20 pounds, it'll be an end. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be like yeah, Chase yeah. Young or something like that. Yep. And actually he plays tailback. He's gonna be playing tailback oh, wow. and H back. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of he's rough to bring down. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So That's good though. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's we awesome. gotta keep a lookout on him. Uh Chris Lewis, correct? Yeah, Christian, yeah. Christian, Christian Lewis. Yeah. All right, so we'll keep an eye on that. Definitely. definitely. So, um, tell me a little bit about uh, your upbringing first, uh, coming up through West Haven, and then, um, you know, start with your childhood, but then, but then let's go all the way to how you progressed from a, a high school football player in a city like West Haven, and mm -hmm. how you progressed and, and moved on from mm -hmm. there. Well, first of all, I, I still believe that West Haven is, uh, without a doubt, one of the greatest cities in this country. It breeds um, athletes, too. We, we breed athletes. We breed men. We breed family men. Family men, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have, and it's, it's you know, regardless of race, color, and creed, let me tell you something. If you were missing something at, in your manhood, in your upbringing, mm -hmm. it don't matter if the person was yellow, white, blue, or purple. It seemed like a place like West Haven would just bring you in. If you're missing something. You know, they stood in the gap for you. So, I mean, I grew up, I'm the oldest of four. Um, I have two two older brothers, um, one younger sister. 
Um, you know, we, we grew up um, over on Greta Street back in the day, the old condominiums off of Glade. Yep, so yep. I grew up in that area. So it was kind of rough. It was rough. It was some rough stuff. Absolutely. But the communities and everybody getting together, man, it was the essence of West Haven, man. You know, I grew up, I was blessed. I had both of my parents. Mm -hmm. They just celebrated 35 years of marriage. Wow. Congrats um, to them. Yeah, man. You know. And that's uh, that goes back to, you know, the old phrase, it takes a village to raise a kid. And oh, yeah. West Haven um, speaks to that huge. Yes. I mean, we just did a... Uh, they did an adopt a senior thing for all the kids graduating. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and, and for all the kids graduating, so they, they give you a random senior, they show you what they like and stuff and where mm -hmm. they're going to school, and you go buy them a gift and drop it off at their house. Oh, that's wonderful. So my wife and I went, and we, and we bought some gifts for this girl that we didn't even know, but they just wow. showed us what she likes, she, where she's going to school. We bought her some gift cards. We bought her some presents. Wow. And that's just such a West Haven. That's, that's such a West Haven thing? That's such a West Haven thing. I mean, it's, I'm not shocked to hear that. that yeah, exactly. The city would go ahead exactly. and, and do something like that because – Quite frankly, we've been doing that for for as long oh, as we exactly. can we can remember. That's such a great initiative. Yeah. You know, shout out to the mayor. Um, you know, uh, Miss Rossi. Yeah, you know, Miss Rossi, who I've known for for many years. Um, but yeah, but going back, grew up on Gray Street. You know, my family bought a home on Main. So you know, we built the, uh, not built, but we we got a, a home on Main Street and. Uh, Went to went to Bailey. Uh, actually, started Thompson to Malloy, Malloy to Bailey, Bailey to Westy High. Yep. I was about an inch for being a, a, a Notre Dame guy myself, but I cried to my mom and my father. We leave the boy alone, man. Let him go to West Haven. He'll be yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, I ended up, <laughs> ended up there. Um, had a great career, football, athletic wise. Mm -hmm. um, I was all stater. Actually, ended up being an All America honorable mention, and wow. uh, had a lot of scholarship offers and interest and and all those sort of things. Ended up at UConn. Um, did two years at UConn. Actually, uh, my child was born. Okay. I, that's where I met my wife and, um, my child was born. I decided to, to, uh, to go down to SC, transfer to SCSU. Get closer to home. To closer to business. home. And a lot of people don't know back then, you know, I, I was very, I was helping on taking care of my family. I wanted a job. I felt I can do it. Uh, UConn wasn't trying to hear that, so we parted ways. Mm -hmm. And um, let me tell you something, going to SC was beyond a doubt like one of the greatest experiences of you know, my life. I, I hear nothing but good stuff about them. You know, I mean, a yeah. lot of my friends, a lot of people I know, Dez, you know, yeah. my friend Steve, they all went there. <laughs> and for, uh, you know, people see, people have like the stigma about state schools, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? As, oh, if, yeah. as if it's almost like a just like a rundown thing or, but, but I've heard nothing but great things about SC, especially athletic wise. You know, right. I have friends that play baseball there, football mm -hmm. there, all sorts of stuff. Well, we, we, we call it most of us, so we call it the U of D2. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Football. yeah we <laughs> had, like we've that. had a lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, uh, um, pro players come out of there. Thank you. Um, a lot of pro players coming out of there and a lot of guys that had a chance to play professionally mm -hmm. at different places. Absolutely. Um, to tell you the truth, um, you know, me and my best friend, Calvin Harris, man, we used to have a joke about SC when we was in school. Like, ah, that ain't no college. That's the 13th grade. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, so well, I'm sure it's with the SC. You going to 13th grade? You go 13th grade, bro. You stay there for yeah, four yeah. years. You stay there for four years. I'm telling you, man, yeah. But, um, so, uh, again, talking about the playing career, I, I transferred to SC. And here's a quick little story. I go to SC. Made the decision. My wife's eight months pre eight nine months pregnant, right? Um, coach Cavanaugh, who who retired a few years back, was the head coach there for twenty nine years. Oh wow! Um, I call 
And it was, I literally flipped a coin in our old apartment up there at UConn. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm either going to UNH or I'm going to SC. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah. I flipped a coin. Heads SC, mm-hmm. tails UNH. Flip up in the area. Of course, it lands on heads. Mm-hmm. I call Coach Kavanaugh. I call the AD within like 10 minutes. They all know your name back. already. Obviously. Yeah. I, and, you know, and as a kid, you don't know that. Yeah, you don't realize and, how big your name right. spread. And, yeah. and point number one, you, you never know what kind of effect we have on each other, mm-hmm. even as a young kid, you know, and people that follow you. Well, even I, I, uh, I was just coaching um, yesterday, and we always tell the kids, you've got to play every game like, like someone's watching because you right. never know who's watching, who's listening, who heard your name, who's talking about you, and right. then it just gets around. Here's saying, <laughs> so going all state right there, every school – in Connecticut's looking at you, mm-hmm. tri-state areas looking at you, mm-hmm. and then you go to UConn. So now you're a Division One football player. Mm-hmm. So any D two schools wants to have you, yeah. so well, they're going to answer that call right away. You know? I never forget it. It was, um, and I think part of the reason why the SC thing, not to belabor the point, I think it's good to talk about. Um, I already picked going to UConn. You know, Orlowski, all those guys, oh, of course, touring so well. All those. But for some reason, they called me down, and Mark Capone and Joey Vaughn were meeting with one of the coaches. Yeah, remember Jack Skiba was his name, and he's like, "Well, D, look, I know, I know you're going to UConn, mm-hmm. but just in case, if anything would have happened, man, just Let's know this guy out." We and I and that stuck in the back of my mind. I'm like, "All right," he really wasn't talking to me with the rest of the meeting. I was there to support Marky and, and, and course, Joey. Yeah, yeah. But who know who would have known three years later I would have been in that boat. Of course. So so going back, you know, Cav calls me back. Ten minutes later, can you get here one o'clock tomorrow? Like it's like four o'clock in the afternoon there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. All right, see you then. Click. I'm like, I'm like, babe, what are we? Yeah, what do we do now? Like, I'm not doing? ready for this. What are we doing? Like, yeah, well, I'm like, okay. And and mind you, you know, my, my career, you, I was a knucklehead, man. I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to listen to Ed, so I wasn't trying to listen to nobody. Of course. Of and course. um. You know, when you're a kid and you, and you think you know everything and, and all those sort of things. And I was a great player. I just didn't, you know, if, if Coach said the sky was gray today, I'd say it was green. You know what I mean? And, and again, I you know, I went through some things. You know, we talk about mental health and the oh, things yeah. that you're doing here in the podcast. I had bad mental health. As you see, my, I lost my grandmother my senior year. She um, Of high school? Of, of high school. Okay. She was in a hospital almost a whole year, my junior year. Oh, wow. Uh, she had a uh, bad surgery, box surgery. Uh, that left her brain head for brain dead for ten and a half months. Oh wow! Um, and that was something I was going through, and a lot of people really I didn't know how to help myself. And, and that, weighs, that weighs on people heavy as oh, a kid, God. and especially I assume you were very close with her. Oh know? my God, she was my everything. Yeah. You know, she's my everything. Fifty eight years old, dead. You know what I mean? Um, had 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 cancer. Um, so you come from a young small, family, then very young just, family, just like right, I'm the same. I'm the same boat, and our story is very similar. Yeah. Not, not, I want to keep on on you, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with me. I was going to college to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend at the time got pregnant. That was it. You right. know what I mean? I said time to take care of the family. Time, right. to, time to do my thing. So, right, right. Same thing though. Young family, you yeah. know, the same thing. And that young family is kind of like and it's so unexpected when something yeah. like that happens. It's unexpected, but you know the funny thing is, is like we knew exactly what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You it was like handle business. You, you gotta handle you business. Gotta handle business. You gotta sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you, you, you gotta think of somebody outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the things that that's that was so noteworthy. You know, especially I can speak of my life. Um, it put a lot of things in perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have stayed, but I chose to leave to make sure that I accommodate my new family and everything that was going on in my life. Absolutely. So, so again, lost her. You know, um, 
kind of muddled my way through. And I and, 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 and the kickback was was at UConn where, you know, I, I definitely went through depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it was depression. And um, nobody seemed like nobody gave a darn. That, that's that's a hard thing to pick up on, especially I think as males, it's harder to, to accept that. Absolutely. Um, and I talked with Will about this on mm-hmm. the first podcast. Um, black males, especially, yes. we were talking about you, you have this, like, you're, you you have to be tough mm-hmm. at all times. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, you came, like you said, from Greta Street. You're in an underprivileged mm-hmm. neighborhood. Yep. West Haven isn't exactly. I mean, there's there's good you know good parts, bad parts, just like any other. Just town. like anywhere, yeah. That's right. But um, you know, we gotta we're expected to be tough. You right. know what I mean? And now you're a football player. You're an right. all-state, or you're right. expected to be. And and it's hard to express those emotions, and it's hard to come with the grips that. Hey man, I, I I might have to talk to somebody, right. or, or or I may have something going on right. that is deeper than what I can conceive, right. and might need some help for it, right. whether that be medication or therapy, mm-hmm. or or just reaching out to friends and family and Absolutely. saying, "Hey, I'm struggling, and I need, you know, I need someone." You know? Absolutely, and, and you know what? And, and to that point, I believe that nowadays is so much easier for those resources. There's resources that yes. circle us, Absolutely. which I think is a beautiful thing. I, I mean, we see it. You know, I'm I'm a pastor now, and um, I see it in ministry. I see it in work. I'm a social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it in athletics, where now we have all these tools that we didn't have 20, 25 years ago. Yep. Um, that married to the fact, well, hey, you know what? You can be a man's man, mm-hmm. but just in case you have one of those days, brother, here, here, you know, here you go. Here's my man. You know, we we have this support group. Yep. We have that support group. We have these resources. I think it's a beautiful. And that's thing. huge. And that's huge. And, and um. Right before you got here, we were talking about um, my son. He's 12 years old, my older son. And um, he's already struggling with some, you know, anxiety issues and worrying about stuff he shouldn't worry about as a kid. You know, Mm -hmm. I just tell him, get your grades right, play hard in sports, and that's it. And I'll take care of the rest. Right, right. But but if that's in his head and he's got worries and this and that, so we're already talking about getting him to just talk to someone and not treat Mm -hmm. it like, hey, this is therapy. Just, hey, Mm -hmm. this is an outside unbiased opinion person where they don't know your story you could just speak freely what needs to be reported back to me will be what you don't want to be reported back to me i'll never know what right you know what i mean right right, it's important for kids to realize that they have that you know because sometimes talking to a parent can be can be tough yeah and it can be tough and intimidating because especially if we're playing these these parent roles the way that you know, we, we know them to work. You know what I mean? It's, it's I think it's very big for a child, especially a man's man like yourself, like myself, to say, hey, dad, I'm feeling a certain kind of way. Like, it, it, it speaks to the relationships that we have with our children. Yeah, with they want to be tough for dad. They Absolutely. Wanna, they see us, the, the big guys, the tough guys, the athletes, and they Absolutely. they want to be they want to be the, uh, the same way. Absolutely. But, you know, it's funny about, yo, man, and I know we're just, you're jumping around, but y'all hear this podcast. It's all going to come together. Yeah, it's all going to come together. Um, one of the greatest displays of manhood, I, th- I think my father, he's my hero, right? Okay. Um, he's just a man. He's still the man in my mm-hmm. eyes. Like, you know what I mean? Still around? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Dad, Dad's still kicking. He's still Good. doing what he do. Oh, yeah. You said um, 35 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. My father, my father's 57 now. I'm 38. I just turned 38. Um, one of the greatest displays of manhood that I saw my father. That have that 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 defined my personal ministry and the way I deal with people um, was when you know my his father passed, my granddad passed. First time in my life, I heard him cry. Yeah, 
And thinking that, it was eight years ago, <clears throat> you know, calling my mom, make sure everybody was good. And I could hear him in the background wailing. Mm -hmm. I've never heard my dad cry. And That's an eye-opener. Yeah. And it showed the humanity. It showed both humanity, sensitivity, and strength. I think that we need as a perfect combination of our manhood. Yeah, to you know realize that it's okay to have emotions. That, it's okay yes. to express emotions. Absolutely. At, at the right time. At the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and that did something and woke something in me um, as to the way I raised my children. That, you know what, there are times where it's okay to show true emotion, not only in death, mm -hmm. but in, in, in great milestones and in different areas of yeah, our yeah. life. You Happy know what I mean? tears, too. You know right. I mean? That's all That's all acceptable. If, if you... I mean, you should celebrate your accomplishments, even little league. You know what I mean? Little Absolutely. Pee -wee football. If you win a state championship, or something, absolutely, you gotta let it flow. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I've been. I'm a crybaby, man. That me football too. Me does too. something to you, man. Yeah, yeah. Sports, sports, especially. It does something, something to you. It I was crying something. watching the Jordan documentary. Well, oh man, you too, man. Yeah. Oh my god. So I, I, understand. I understand. Man, that, that went through me like a like a like a thunderbolt. Yeah. Back to back to SC. So, um. We meet with Coach Cab, we go down, we take the trip. Um, I was still kind of unsure because I was like, you know, if this don't go right, I'm thinking like, okay, UNH, if that don't go right, yo, I'm out of ball, right? Coach meets us in the beginning, the 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 um, the foyer of the James Moore Field House there at SC. Um, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of like praying, like, God, I hope this goes right. You know, and again, I already had anxiety, mm -hmm. okay, from because every time I went to Coach Edsel's office, it was something bad. Of course, you know what I'm like saying. Whether it's whether office, yeah, and that that carpet. I mean, and again, it and it did something to me for a very long time, mm -hmm. even in my work relationships. Like there was something that comes over you, like what did I do wrong now? Talking to the higher, yeah, up, yeah, 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 worry, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and and what I do now? What I, and he he stood there waiting for us. And I said yes when he took my wife's hand and walked her up all those steps. I'm not sure if you've ever been to the, the, the Moore uh, Field yep, House. You yep, remember absolutely. how hot it was in oh, the summertime. Walked her up the stairs. Yep. She waddled on. I just stood there and looked. And I said, okay, I'm going to be an owl. This I is home. This, this is, is home. This, this is home. Yeah, yeah. And That's I stood, a gentleman thing right absolutely. there. Absolutely. I stood in that man's office in tears because I didn't want to tell him what happened at UConn. And I, 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 I got up enough energy and, and courage enough to say and I, this is literally these are the words i said i said coach um you know at, at, at uconn and he, he interrupts me right there as far as i go he said i don't give a f what happened at uconn mm -hmm. you're an owl now now mind you because i'm probably a division one player and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. but i really felt at that moment that he was really being authentic to me of course my family's needs like, hey let it go let we're it start yeah. we're starting fresh starting, this is it yeah and, and that builds trust right there and you're like oh right, my god you know to this day the things that him and our family and his family have done for me and my family um they go without repeating and they go without saying and they, those early years of me being a dad and me being a provider, if it had not been for 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 Coach Cav and and some of the other guys, man, I don't, I don't know how I'd be here today. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it worked out. Ended up being a two-time All-American. Um, you know, we we ended up with like one of the best school records. And during you know for for a period of time, I stayed there three years. Oh, oh three, oh four, oh five. Mm -hmm. 
Ended up making national playoffs for the first time. Wow. So, you know, I, I ended up, um, you know, we ended up making national playoffs for the first time in school history my last year. Um, you know, a couple tryouts went well. Politics kick in. Of course. Yeah. I actually, um, in the midst of this, in the midst of working out, ending my career, um, I got involved with, I, I got saved. You know, I um, recommitted myself to Christ and, you know, through my wife, you know, um, I stopped um, doing a lot of things that I was doing progressively and I'm working out and stuff like that. And I'm getting, I had a contract offer um, through the CFL mm -hmm. <clears throat> that I ended up turning down. And that was going to definitely link me to NFL Europe, to course, to the yeah. league and all that stuff. And it's funny, Tommy DeMauro, you know, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, Tommy always says, yo, Big D could have had a 10-year career in the NFL. I, I really feel that I could have, but I, I heeded to the call of ministry and, and got it, got involved with that. Um, <clears throat> worked my way through the ranks, and, and, and now I'm a pastor, um, you know, and started my coaching career. Yep. Um, started out as assistant coach at, at Harding High. Man, it's one of some of the best tough, times of my life. Schools, tough schools out there. Ooh. That's just what I want to get into. Man, too. let me tell you, man. You talk about tough, but uh, having a great, great time at being 0 and 10. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, for some of these kids, you know, I was talking to Will about it because Will coaches now at Bassett mm -hmm. with, with, with Desmond. Um, for some of these kids, that's all they got. Yeah. That's their escape from whatever they're dealing with at home or even if some he said some of them might not even have a home to, to go to nope. kids are showing up to practice in jeans and whatnot yeah. you know so so they're having fun just being out there mm -hmm. you know what i mean and they have a great person to look up to you yeah. know what i mean so what what um as far as coaching goes coaching mm -hmm. and mentoring yeah what would you say got you into that as far as um aside from like the athletic standpoint. Like mm -hmm. Obviously, we're athletes and we want to pass that down. What I mean is, like, uh, what's the best part about mentoring a kid and seeing them grow as more, less of an, and from an athletic standpoint and more from just growing into a man? You know what I mean? Because obviously, with being a pastor as well and, and, and a social worker, all you do, it seems like you do a lot of mentoring of the youth. And, mm -hmm. and um, so, so, what is that? One, how, you know, that's a huge win for you when you see people come out of a darker place mm -hmm. or whatever. But, you know, what would you say, like, led you into that path? Is it the, the depression you went through and, and, and that stuff and, and coming from a less a lesser fortunate um, upbringing mm -hmm. into where you are now? Is that is that what kind of guided you into wanting to help these youth kids? Uh, I'll tell you this. I, I don't... And, you know, scripture is part of my life. And the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. I think all those little things added up to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. um, I think a big part of it is even in my playing, um, there were certain teammates that didn't have. Uh, uh, what what I experienced in the home, like mm -hmm. mom and dad. So my dad would be dad to that those guys who didn't have a dad. Of course, like yeah. my mom would be the mom the to those mom, the, the team know, mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think back to um, uh, uh, my my brother uh, Jerry Gambardella, who I played with. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was always the last one at the house. Like Miss yeah. Marianne could tell you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was getting a haircut. I was getting fresh or something. Yeah. Everybody be going. I'd be the last one at the house. And yeah. she's like, here, here's a plate. We hurry up and eat. So you get to the game. All right, Mom, I love you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> those moments. Like I wanted to recreate those moments like at, at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and, and try to avoid like some of the negative things that we all went through as well. But in the process of it, you know, in the passion of it all, you say some things that you probably don't mean. You do some things oh, that you probably don't mean. Of course. You know what I'm saying? That's but, part of growing up. Yes. Turning into a man. You know? Yes. Yes. And even when you're when you're coaching kids at a certain. So there's a lot of things that I matured with um, as a 20 something year old coach and then going into my 30s and my late 30s in coaching. So I had to switch up a lot of stuff mm -hmm. because some of the things that 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 I would speak on like some of the things that I would I would speak on would maybe maybe a little bit too hard for the kids that I was trying to coach mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying um so to to directly answer the question like I I wanted to give kids the best opportunity to be great at something that I was missing in my own walk as being a player gotcha. um and so in in Bridgeport what greater city than a city like Bridgeport, which is ultra impoverished, mm -hmm. ultra uh, racial disparity, um, no resources That's a whatsoever. Start. That was your start. Bro, point. that was, you know, and I was an assistant. I, I learned. I'm sure I, you had some scary moments. Oh, like, yeah, man. Just like, oh, why am I, you know, Listen, what man, am I doing? Can I, can, I do this? I can tell you some stories, man. And one thing that helped me was, was my personality. And the kids trusted me, but my head coach gave me uh, Trent Allen. He was he actually Tony Del Benny, who was a friend of mine. He actually ended up passing away about five years ago. Um, he's the one that got me into coaching. It was funny because I was working for a group home with the kids, wanted to try for football. So I show up at the football office trying to look for the kids because I'm thinking they're lying. I'm thinking yeah, they're yeah. chasing tail or whatever. <laughs> so I go there, he looks at me, he goes, You Derek Lewis? Yeah, yeah. Like, what you asking? What you talking to, bro? Yeah. Like, I remember you. Oh, now, come on, man. Oh, like, yo, did I get in a fight with you or yeah, something? Exactly. Like, you know, what, what happened? I always think the worst. Too. It, yeah, oh, I thought man. the worst. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, so I'm defensive. Yeah. He goes, nah, man. He's that player Trevor High, man. We played against him. I'm like, sophomore year. He said, remember the kid that broke his leg? I'm like, yeah, that was me. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, snap. I'm your leg, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He goes, you want to coach football? Like, yeah, but you the head coach? Nah, it'll be all right with it. So that's how I got started coaching wow, football. That easy. I, I volunteered, and I was there every day. Yeah. I did whatever was asked, you know, helped out. Um, Got mentored by Coach uh, Trent Allen. By the end of the year, uh, I was promoted, like, to the offensive coordinator. You know, we did some decent things, kept some kids together. I stayed there another year, and then I actually – um. Because I wanted to get some more training. I actually came back to West Haven, coached another two years. Under um, Coach Mack? Under Coach Mack. Okay. Yep, directly. And, um, you know, learned. Oh, my God, did I learn a lot under Coach. Like, he. <laughs> Coach Mack, you yell at the. You know, his thing, yelling at the officials and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And he noticed that a couple of his younger guys started doing that during JV games, right? And I'll never oh, forget boy. this. And um, he, he sat me aside. I wasn't the one yelling. And by then I was already mellowed out, you know, yeah, church yeah, guy, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But some of the other older sisters are like, I can't believe this is Derek Lewis who used to freaking drive me insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the greatest guy ever. 
and he and he says he goes, hey Derek, you know, I I want to tell you something, man. He's like, I admit I've done a lot of things wrong in coaching. One of the worst things is people thinking that I'm, you know, I'm loudmouth, which I am. And he's like, I don't want you. I don't want that for you. Mm -hmm. He said, and, and they're already going to scrutinize you because, you know, when you become a head coach, that's what he says. He said, because so he, he, he knew I was going to become a head coach very quickly. Mm -hmm. And he says, I just want to, if you allow me, I'll, I want to teach you some stuff where I messed up. And that spoke volumes to me, Bob. Of course, of course. He took you under his wing right there. Yo, who better? Who better? Who I mean. better? And then my thing was this. You acknowledge that you messed up. So all the things that we've said over the years, you're acknowledging that you messed up. I never Which said Which he would it. never tell to a player. He would never Current tell to a player, player no. <laughs> but he's like, yo, I, I made so many mistakes and stuff like that. And he began to tell me how he got into coaching and all this stuff. I learned so much under coach. And... Um, after that, I had applied for the head coaching position at McMahon in Norwalk. Mm -hmm. I was a finalist with a guy who was one of my brothers, A.J. Albano. It was me and him for the job. A.J. was a graduate of the job. Um, the A.D., um, it was me and him, him and me. And we were the only two people that ever talked throughout the whole interview process. No, everybody else was you know, being corny and stuff, you know what I mean, yeah. acting like they didn't want to talk. So AJ about five three, about uh, hundred fifty pounds. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what's up, big man? You know, he got raspy voice. I was like, what's up, man? You know, we we got to talking and stuff, and we were in the in the lobby. He's like, dude, if you, if, he's like, if I get the head coach, will you coach with me? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I said, how about you? He's like, no doubt. So you're win win. They they go with AJ. Um, AJ's a graduate of the school, which I was cool with. So they, they, they give the job to, a, to AJ, which I kind of figured. He's a Norwalk guy. Mm -hmm. If I would have went for West Haven job, if you ain't give me the job, I would have the same way. So exactly. I was cool exactly. with it. I, I love the the actual experience of it all was dope for me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I really got far. I almost got the doggone job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and That's competition right there in yeah, itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and you're getting experience. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I think I did more for my career in that moment. To where committees of people from a place I knew nothing about, and they knew nothing. Well, I don't know if they knew nothing about me, but they didn't. I wasn't a son of the city. Yes, yes. You understand what I'm trying yeah, to you say? Weren't the, you weren't in West Haven. I wasn't in West Haven. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, I wasn't even in Bridgeport. Totally new place. And the AD, he, he's like, you know, any other circumstances, I there wouldn't have been a second interview or third interview. You would have been the guy off hop. Yeah. He's like, but you understand? I said, no, no, no. I was a young guy. I said, I understand. I respect it. Yeah. So a day later, AJ gets it. He takes me to my favorite diner. The big man, you're going to eat, big man. I'm going to buy a steak, big man. And we talk. I'm like, all right, so what are we going to do? Yeah. So we, best coaching experience, like, ever. Wow. There. Yeah. Met with a bunch of guys. We were all the same age. We were all in our 20s. Perfect. We were all pissing vinegar. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. kids loved us. Yeah, because you're having fun with Oh, them. dude. We took a team that was, like, one and nine. We ended up being seven and three. Wow. We were a game away from the playoffs. We went on a seven-game win streak during the, our first year. And... You know, I was working in Bridgeport mm -hmm. as a um, dean of students in one of the schools. And I knew the um, the citywide AD. Mm -hmm. You know, we were friends. Um, and one of my close friends, Craig Bruno, um, who was the head coach at Benel, won a couple of state championships and stuff. Yep, yep. He was the AD at Bassick. They called me. Mm -hmm. They said, hey, um, we need you, man. Like, we need you for what? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So he's like, would you be interested in the, in the vacant spot at Bassick High School? Um, I did it off a relationship, um, and I think is I think I think you can't do nothing great, uh, Bob. I, I really believe that you can't do nothing 
uh, great or without meaning, without relationship first. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be some kind of attachment. There's got to be some kind of relationship, whether it be man to man or be man falling in love with a city. Like, our relationship that we have with our city here. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you want to do something. Uh, for it when bigger your than called. you, bigger than you for the greater purpose of the yeah. whole town or, or whatever. Oh, no doubt, yeah. no doubt about it. So out of my relationship with those two guys, you know, like Jimmy Denton and Craig, I said, all right, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. So I walked into Bassett High School with with sixteen kids. Mm-hmm. Um, their head coach, something happened to them. You know, they did not want a new coach necessarily. Sixteen kids, the whole sixteen, 16 kids, kids, day one. Um, first order of business. West Side, there's they they were practicing at a place called Wentfield. Yep. Broken glass, mm-hmm. needles, condom wrappers. Yeah, yeah. Modella. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. It's a mess. First order of business. I'm not practicing there. Yeah. What do you mean? They've always practiced there. Where are you gonna practice? I find a spot. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, because of the relationship. Hi D Lou, I'll give you two days, man. You better find a spot. Yeah. We go around the corner to the middle school. Yep. About a Big, big patch. Um, grass about knee high. So we're practicing here. First guy's on my staff, Desmond Lyman. He's my DC. Yep, yep. He's he's, he's a little bro. So anything big bro say, yo, he with it. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. He's defensive coordinator. stayed with me. Um, uh, Dex Alexander, who's a, a brother. We were captains at SCSU. Uh, Sean Harris. You know Sean Harris? He owns the um, Elite Fitness in okay, yes, yes, Portchester. Okay. Owns that spot. I know of him. I yeah. don't know him personally. Yeah, we definitely got hooked up, man. Yeah, he's definitely. the... That's my brother. He helped me out with the running backs. Big Mike Green. I know. You know what I'm saying? Mike, Mike helped us. I got, I got all the trainers. Yeah. Trainer. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome guy, man. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If I need a laugh, I call out Mike Green, oh, man. Yeah. He always <laughs> takes care of me, man. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, a bunch of cats that I knew, we was all pissing vinegar. We were like, yo, this is what we practicing. D, look at the grass. You don't worry about it. Get a lawnmower. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at the grass, but look at the other field. Look at, yeah. you know what I mean? Look at that. We could be playing on glass instead. And, and the whole idea was make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. If they don't got the resources, make the doggone resources. Yeah, yeah. Make it happen. So we, you been talking about the beginning, talk about our, our upbringing mm-hmm. here in the city. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, that was, at that point in my life, that's what it was about. Make it happen. You got to get another job, make it happen. Of course. You got to get side hustle, make it happen. Like you know what I mean? You 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 want your situation to pay, change? Make it happen. That's that's the way we we took it um, as a challenge there at, at Bassett. So yeah, so we're there. You know, I, I get nice and nice with the parks people. Um, they were good to me. I think everybody like kind of like got down with us. You know what I mean? As far as like what we wanted to do over there, so we cleaned the area up, made friends with the principal. Like, the coolest thing was we would have practice, right? Mm-hmm. And all the little kids would be there, like fourth and fifth graders. Watching. And their parents would be mad because they'd be out there at 6 o'clock just watching us, giving the kids water. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they used to have an after-school program. They saw what we was doing. they leave boxes of food, like, out on the practice field for the kids to eat. Oh, wow. Bro, got to be, be honest with you. You know how they always think, oh, oh, they ain't they. Don't you know that that was dinner for a lot of kids, man? Oh, I believe it. That was dinner for a lot and of kids. That was entertainment for those young kids, yep. and that was and now, now you're growing that sixteen team and that sixteen man roster. These fourth and fifth graders can't wait to get there now and, and they, become football yeah. players. And and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. We 
I'd like to believe we did our part in trying to turn that side of the city upside down. That was our goal. Mm -hmm. um, I tell you, those 16 players in the beginning, by next year's spring, we had 67 kids. Come out for the team. Come out for the team. Wow. 67 ain't stay. <laughs> it's too hard. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. ended up the next you know, two years, we averaged, and, and, and Big Dez can tell you, we averaged about 45 kids. For Bridgeport, that is unheard of. Oh, yeah. 45 kids, we, we ended up tri tripling what you started. With. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And kept them and, and matriculated them through the program. By the time we left uh, BASIC, uh, our last graduating class, the first year, you know, we had senior day. Mm -hmm. um, we graduated maybe like nine seniors. Um, we got our enrollment up to around 30. Mm -hmm. But here was the saddest thing ever, which I think senior night, which I tried to do, it was one parent. Ugh. So that kills me right there. It, it burned me up. It pissed me off. Mm -hmm. And it pissed me off because, and I, and as I look back, hindsight being 2020, sometimes people's not ready for what you have to offer mm -hmm. at that time. They were so used to things being a certain kind of way that they didn't really take us seriously what we were doing. Yes, and they, and they, they were um, not comfortable, but they were just, they, they were used to, you know, their, for lack of a better term, shitty circumstances. Yep. And they just kind of left. No pun intended. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they were kind of just used to that. And, right. and and kids as well as parents some sometimes just think, hey, like, this is what it is. Absolutely. When there's other people like yourself, how you were just saying, make it happen, make it happen. Yeah. There's a lot of people that just are stagnant. Yeah. And, and they just, this they, is, they, just what this is, is all you got. This, you know? is, this is what it is. I tell you what, by the time my last year there, we graduated 23 kids. 23 kids in the inner city walked for senior night with family representation. There was not one coach that had to walk a kid because their family didn't show up. All 23 had family. All 23. Wow. That it looked, like a, a, it looked like a dog on like, parade. It was so you, amazing. you turned it from a half-ass football program to a family. It was a family. A family. And I, I couldn't have done nothing. I, I was, man, the, the stuff that my assistants did, and those teachers in that building and those administrators, they really believed in what we were doing for the betterment of that part of the city. Well, yeah, when, you, you know? when, you, when you're wearing your heart for those kids, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like when you went out there first day. Now, you're a brand new coach. Right. You know, a lot of coaches would shy away from barking up the wrong tree. And you went out there and said, I can't bring these kids on this, on this field. Mm -hmm. you that know? was first day. You know? And, and a lot of coaches, especially first-year guys, would have just left it as is and, and, and been, like I said, that, mm -hmm. that stagnancy, like yeah. this is all we got, this is what we do. Right. But you got along better. And, right. and, and and eventually you built that trust with family, friends, the, the city. Absolutely. You know, and, and then your name starts ringing around and then everything just grows from there. And, and, let, me, and let me tell you what happens. What happens is, you know, as the more you start doing, the more people jump on, right? Um, we had a situation with Hellman's. Our kids kept getting concussions. Mm -hmm. Man, cheap behind helmets. Yeah, yeah. I never forget this. I um I had trouble getting helmets because they always claim they never had no money. They have money earmarked for other stuff, not the athletes. Of course, yeah. But me being who I am, my philosophy has always been: if you're not going to give me what I need to make a successful program, don't worry about it. I'm gonna keep go your it. money. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, have to. you know, people started believing in what we were doing. So I 
So don't tell D. Lou, hey, if you need something, holler at me because I'm going to holler at you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And remember that time? Yeah, remember that remember time that, said, yeah. yeah. Not even that, hey, man, I need this. Yeah. Hey, man, I need this for the boys. Mm -hmm. And during the season, I had enough with the concussions. Mm -hmm. I called Tom Marcucci, who's the longtime oh, yeah. ND coach. Yep, yep. Said, you just won't give me no sleep, will you, Derek? Jesus yeah. Christ. You beat me to all that. Yeah. Coach, I, I need a favor, man. I need 25 hours. Mm -hmm. 25? Derek, what the? Yeah, yeah. I said, Coach, come on, man. You know you got it. Come on. I need it for the kids. Come on, man. Can you help me? <sighs> all right. All right. Let me see what Who's I got. coming? I'm sending Desmond right now. Mm -hmm. D, I only got like 10. I don't care, Coach. Give me whatever you can. Yep. Throw some knee pads, too. You're killing me. I hang up the phone <laughs> on him. Yeah. Desmond comes to practice, and he'll tell you again with about eight or nine sacks of helmets yeah. and knee pads and all this equipment just from one phone call. And the kids Hi. were probably hyped. The kids were hyped. Yeah. We got revolution helmets. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Some officials, I'll say, from the city came to practice the next day, and they, they heard about what happened. And, you know, they apologized and this, that, and the yeah. other. Because they you knew know. you weren't going to settle. Nah, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, I'm like, you can keep your apology. I done did the work now, but yeah. just remember. And 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 here, here's what I'm saying, like, and it don't it don't need to be that extreme. But number one, I think that if you were an athlete, you have a civic responsibility at some point in your life to give back. Mm -hmm. So if you're a football guy, I don't care if you end up being the greatest coach on earth. I don't care if you hold the freaking clipboard. I believe that athletes have a civic responsibility. To their community and the community that they to, that they decide to settle on. Now, elaborate on that a little more. I, why, why, as an athlete, is it is it because now I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Is it is it because I think part of that um, for myself at least is because seeing guys like yourself and the coaches we dealt with mm -hmm. and knowing that they did all this volunteer work, you know. The kids, kind of, they're always going to need mm -hmm. those mentors. They're always going to need mm -hmm. those coaches. And, you know, elaborate more on, on why. I, I, I believe that you can never outgive the sport. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a swimmer, whether you're a baseball guy, football guy, whatever it is. We were always taught that no one person is bigger than the actual game. Coach McCarr used to say, you know, in, in gym class, it'd be so fun. Have some respect for the game. Oh, we course, never understood what the heck that meant no. until you get older. Yeah. Respect for the game. And now is, I yell that to my kids. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yo, you have a responsibility to carry on some kind of knowledge that you've acquired throughout your, your years of toil and sweat and tears. Mm -hmm. Whether it be to your kids, whether it be to your community, mm -hmm. whether it be to college or taking it all the way up to whatever. Yeah. If you have been involved in something, you have to give it back. Of course. That's how the good fortune and the good nature of our games are mag are magnified and maximized. And how they grow, yeah. Yeah. Like you ain't gotta be the greatest guy. No. Like I said, I don't care if you flip burgers at the hot dog stand. Mm -hmm. Like when Christian played, like I ain't one you know, I'm not that dad, you know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. all know those dads. Yeah. Yo, I just, yo, give me the spatula. I'll make some hot dogs. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Even yeah. now, I go to the top. I don't want to deal with, oh, yeah. the coach is making that call. No, no, no. Nah, man, I'm, I'm, the, I'm your coach's dream. Hey, man, yeah. good game, coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? You I'm guys the, are I'm good. I'm the same way. And I, yeah. and I quit coaching um, my own son because it, 
it, it causes a little as a young kid that they can't they, yeah. separate right. when you're being dad and when you're being coach. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I stopped that and now I coach at West Haven High. I coach baseball there for the varsity. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh same thing. I go to my kids' games now. I'll bring my chair. I sit in the outfield. I don't yeah, bother man. no one. I never say a word to the, the coach. Best best and, thing and lately, the coach has come up to me. Hey, you mind helping out? Hey, man, I just want to sit back and enjoy. Yeah. Because, you know, I just want to watch my kid right. and enjoy it on a level where I don't have to right. yell at him, right. correct him. Maybe when we get in the car after the game, I'll say, hey, man, this, right. is, this is where you messed up. Yeah, no doubt. No but doubt. he didn't have to hear me. For seven innings, and then hear me in the car. Right, right, right. And then hear me out. Nah, it's too much. You're doing you know, too much, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing too much. Exactly. And, and, and the kids feel that. Absolutely. And the next thing you know, they can't separate that. Absolutely. You know I mean? So that's that's the best parent to be in my eyes, is especially when when you respect the game. You respect the game. You let the coach do his thing. You you park right. your ass on the bench and you right. watch. Right. Um, the kids with the less fire these days. You know, is that something that you think can be taught, or is that something you're just um, I mean, I know a lot of kids, more kids are born with it. More kids are naturally more competitive than others. Yes. But what I mean is like, it seems to be lacking more so now than before. Yeah. Is there going to be a, a come around again? I believe so. Cause I think, I think that, um, history repeats itself. Yeah. Um, guys like I, us are now having children and we're trying to raise them how our generation correct. was raised. Correct. But how, where, where was the, the mix up? You know what um, I mean? Like where I think the mix up came where a lot of us did not go back into to, our, Okay, yeah, yeah. To lend ourselves to our different sports, our communities and and we lost our way a little bit because there was a period there's always been like I think there was like a, a, a small period of Look, I gotta go get mine. You know, I'm really not trying to be involved. I'm trying to, and and when it you're a man, it's hard to donate your time is. and volunteer your time. But you got to, yeah, absolutely, straight up and down. But, it, but it, like you said, no way, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people, maybe for a while, weren't weren't doing that. You know, because I look at our coaching staff now. Me and one of my best friends are both coaching varsity together. Yeah. We're under uh, Ron Leno, of course. Coach, you know, you know, yeah, Ron of course, Ron. yeah, yeah, Ron very okay. well, very well. So we're under him, but um. When we played, we didn't have any, like, peer coaches. I consider right. us more peer coaches. You know, mm -hmm. I'm 32 years old. The kids right. look up to me. We follow each other on Instagram. They watch what I'm doing. Yep. They like what I do. Like, we listen to the same music. Right, right, we right. We relate. When, when I played, our coaches were 45 plus, 50 plus, 60, mm -hmm. 60, 70. So yep. we, there was nothing relatable there. Right. So I can see what you're saying there. Right. Like, um. And then, they and then, need more people directly to go right back and, and teach yeah. and teach it how it was taught and, and let that repeat. Absolutely, I, I believe so. Um, and if you're going to if you're going to be an old timer, I guess you got to transcend the generations. Yeah, you got to grow with it. You know what I think is the dopest video ever. And I met him because um, he came to recruit at, at at Westy High. You know, who Mac Brown is. I know the name. Yeah. Mac Brown. Mac Brown. He's the current head coach at uh, University of North Carolina, but he was at okay. Texas back yes, then. Yes, yes, yes. He came with Texas like, yo, it was basically, yo, you were from Texas here for Derek. Yeah, like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it shows this video. They won a game or something, and this song called The Mop, like Mop. Yeah, mop. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing the dance, yeah, and the yeah. kids are going crazy. Mac that. Brown's 73 years old. Yeah, yeah. That's like the one. Yo. Um, <laughs> uh, the, now I'm blanking on his name. 
the North Carolina basketball coach, Roy, Roy Williams, Williams. Yeah. When he went in the, you know, that it's a famous like meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dancing in the Seventy-two room. years old. Yeah, but it, that's what grows your team, and they they build that trust with you, and they now you have yeah. a personal now you have a personal relationship with your coach. You Thank know you. What I mean, and 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 that's that says a lot to these kids. You this know? is a show me generation. Don't tell me nothing. Yep. Show me that you love me. Actions, actions, actions. Yeah, and I think that there has been a, with that it's it's a gift and a curse mm-hmm. because a lot of kids are contingent on the totally contingent on the relationship they have with with the with the coach or whoever's little program whoever they're working with, mm-hmm. where they they're like, well, coach didn't give me my star, and it becomes like. You you feel like you haven't done your job or you've done your piece without a reward attached to it. Yep, yep. And a lot of us are like, yo, dude, your your reward is that you breathe it. I'll give you water. Like you know what I mean. Yep, so you know, there, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. I think kids kids think accolades come much easier than they really oh, should. Abs- or they think that they are. Yeah, yeah they think yeah, that winning. I, mean. I I love the um, and I I teach it because I. You know, I do player development. I have my own little agency and stuff where I work with student athletes. Mm-hmm. I'm also doing player development for Southern Connecticut now. Awesome. Awesome. For the football team. And these kids really don't know the schedule of college sports, whether it be D1 or JUCO. Mm-hmm. Like 5 a.m. workout. Oh, yeah. 6.30, uh, 6.30 breakfast check. Five, uh, 8 o'clock class. 1.30 meeting. Dinner, this three o'clock film. Damn, three o'clock film. practice. Practice. Mm-hmm. Dinner. Curfew. Now I can talk to my girl, but I'm too, too I'm too tired. Like bro, like they they're not they're not you know I I love that little piece because like you said, ain't that easy? Ain't that easy being a student athlete? Guess what? It wasn't that easy being a student athlete forty years ago either. Mm-hmm. We just glamorize it more. Yeah, yeah. And we make it look easy. You know, you got you have unbelievable talents. Like, like you know, God rest his soul, like a Kobe. I'm thinking millennial now. Yeah, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. Mike and Scotty. Oh, of course, you know, of course. The ones like, the kids know. You know. Like, like a Kobe. P- people, they, like kids barely know who Kobe is sometimes. I know. So we got to take it to LeBron. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, right? Like, like, like LeBron or, you know, some of these top athletes that, that they're seeing. They think they make it look so easy and seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even down to... Now these AAU programs, especially basketball, they have their Instagram pages. You see these kids like, um, who's that kid, Mikey Williams, have you seen him? Yes. He's like a freshman in high school putting up 30, 40 points in varsity games. He was playing playing JV basketball as an eighth grader. Right. He was too good to play middle school ball. They moved him up. Right. And these kids see it. So, you know, it's easy access to, to these people's lives. And like you said, it looks... It's something that everyone wants, and they make it look, like you said, easy. Right. So that everyone thinks they could do it, mm-hmm. but they don't see the work that's put in. They do not. They don't see it. Um, and I think this generation, just just the life in general, it's just like everything has been big and magnified. Mm-hmm. Um, and glamorized. Like and glamorized, man. It's like, it's like you know, when you when you get to, it's like a shadow. Like, you, you walk up on it, it looks huge, and you look at it, it's like really small. Mm-hmm. Um that's a gift and a curse, um, especially with programs. I mean, even even recruiting, as far as like football is concerned, you're you're seeing kids getting scholarships at seven to eight years old because they think they're going to project. And let me jump on the bandwagon now before my man going. from my man from uh, um, New Canaan who's getting um, he, he's at Notre Dame. He's going to Notre Dame in the fall. 
Drew Pine. Like they were yeah, all over yeah. Drew Pine. Of course, yeah. seventh, eighth grade. He was getting. He, he got his first scholarship. Jimbo Fisher, who was at, who's at um um Texas A and M now, but was at Florida State last. He was the first one to offer this dude scholarship. You thirteen years old. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, it's insane. Like yo, it's, it's crazy. But you, you know, don't know what's gonna pan out with this kid. Yeah. You know at, as it is. peak. I mean, I'm sure you've seen kids peak at Pee Wee football. Oh, absolutely. Where you're like, this guy's going to be an absolutely. NFL player. Yep. And then he never really, and he just kind of fizzles out. Right. I've right. seen it in baseball, basketball. Right. We see it all the time. Right. Right. Um, You know, but I mean, it, it is what it is, I guess. And that, but as far as like the the mindset, I don't, I, I really don't think that they won't have, they'll have a mindset the way we did. Um, Everybody talk about be a dog, be this, be. I think people talk too much. Yeah, quite frankly. Well, like you said, show me, show me what it is. Stop yeah. talking and just show me. Like, um, like my kid, like, you know, what I'm, I'm doing with Christian, and I've seen it in his play, and maybe it's the DNA. I don't know. He does a lot of stuff on the field that I did. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just a nasty behind kid. Yeah. Um. So with that. I'm sorry. I mean, I work out at the edge because I have to. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's out, Armstrong. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, heavy chains. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, Big yeah. tires, yeah. sledgehammers, and, and, and I'm like raw, cause, athletic. Because it fits you, mm-hmm. and that's something that somebody should have did to me. Cause I I see myself in him. Yep, yep. And I see where he can go. Not only because he's my kid. Sometimes you see it in kids. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. That he's could be. Something. That can that can that can be fired up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. And I and I believe that if I can teach him the way that I went about the game, the passion that I had, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he'll do so much more in his quest of the love of the game. Mm-hmm. If I teach him and everything around him is that Rocky, right? Remember that yeah, Rocky yeah, movie yeah. where he says, you know, forget about C's speed because your knees is jacked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're talking brute force strength. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he almost knocked that young boy out. Like, you know, he really beat him up pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, it's feeding the beast. And we got we gotta we I think we gotta feed the beast, and it's okay to be one. Mm-hmm. They ain't talking about big beast, this that it. And I got all due respect, all those motivational speakers. That's great. That's, that's oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. But let me tell you something. When your back's up against that wall and you're tired and you don't want to do nothing. That's like, what you see if you're a beast or yeah, you're a beast, you're going to run. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a beast, do what beasts do. Feed the beast. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, and you, you know, the beast inside you ain't got to be a uh, 6'4", 300 pounds, and that has a, a, a 650 bench and an 825 squat. And yeah. That ain't that. I think the beast is... That's a your, mentality. Yeah. It's, you're going to do whatever it takes to get what you want to get. Right. And it doesn't even have to be athletics. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? I know plenty of people that are just are just mentally and emotionally beasts in, in other facets. Right. You know what Absolutely. I mean? I have a friend who's a lawyer, graduated, went through college and law school in like six years. Right. He was already out of law school at like 22 years old, getting offers because he was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do, man. So in the, in the summers, when everyone went home for the summer, he took classes all summer. Mm-hmm. Now he's graduating a year early from UNH. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to UConn Law. Mm-hmm. Graduates early there. Mm-hmm. He's getting huge offers from big law firms right as a 22-year-old mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. He was just, a, he set his mind to something. Right. And nothing was going to stop him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, that's what's missing. When you say what's missing? Yeah. That's what's missing because it's not being taught. Yeah. 
you know, being a beast has to do with tangible things. I think being a beast has to be a mind, like you said, like a mindset, a mindset. and a mentality. It's a mindset, right? absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, another thing, you know, the big win that I see for me, you know, it, it's hard to get kids motivated at the high school age uh, to work out, aside from the mandatory stuff, mandatory practice. I always say if you want to be going to the next level, you got to do what the other kids aren't doing. Everyone shows up to mandatory practice. Yeah. It's mandatory practice or you're not on the team. But are you willing to stay an hour after everybody mm -hmm. leaves? Are you willing to stay out there in the rain and finish your sprints? Mm -hmm. Are you willing, I tell my son, are you willing to hit uh, a bucket of 200 balls every day when after practice, before practice? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, that's the type of commitment you need if you if you want to separate yourself mm -hmm. from, from the pack. Right. You know, and... Um, Back to that that commitment thing, I have a player now that I'm coaching. He just graduated, and he's he's back and forth on if he wants to play at the college level or okay. not. He was talking to me, so I like to be as honest as possible as mm -hmm. I can with these kids. I owe that to them. Yep, that's what yeah. to, that's what a good mentor really is. I could blow smoke up his asshole, right? Right. And say you got it, you got it, go do it. Mm -hmm. But I told him, I told him I believe that he has the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. But I also told him. This isn't high school baseball where you practice for three months and you only work with your head coach for three months. Mm -hmm. I said, you're a pitcher. When I went, they said, pitchers wake up at 5.30 a.m. and run six miles before the rest of the team meets and goes to practice because mm -hmm. the pitchers, baseball-wise, have to be in the best stamina shape mm -hmm. on the field. I was like, that's what you're going to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So if you think college is going to go be a big party, right. you're sad yeah, mistaken. Mistaken. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be calling you at 10 p.m., making sure you're in bed. And at 5 a.m., they're going to be knocking on the door saying, we got to run six miles. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I gave him both sides. I said, you know, I don't think he should walk because he loves the game. Right. But be prepared because this is what it's going to be at the next level. Right. So I gave him both sides. And, and, and now it's up to him to decide if he wants to take it next level or, right. or, or not. And that's right. when he has to pull out that inner beast and figure yeah. out, hey, are we doing this or, or are we right. going to? Go to class and, and and decide. And there's like I said, there's nothing wrong with that either. Right, right, right. If he decides he wants to just go make a career for himself, study, hit the books hard, and, and get his career going. Right. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And um, you know, we 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 need more of us to step up and say that without us being afraid that we're gonna lose a kid. Because what's right is right and what's wrong is mm -hmm. wrong. You know what I mean? And and that's what um I had some great mentors growing up. And then I also had some 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 terrible ones growing mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. and some that blew smoke mm -hmm. and didn't tell me the the, the nasty sides. Mm -hmm. Didn't tell me the what I was going to run into. Yeah. Didn't tell me. Didn't prepare me for any kind of adversity. Right. Oh, it's it's Bobby. You're going to be a great pitcher. You can go Division One. Mm -hmm. You can maybe go next level. You might mm -hmm. be able to get drafted. But it was never, you know, even down to the shit you deal with as just a, a mm -hmm. as a high school kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How to deal with girls, yeah. how to deal with bullies or, mm -hmm. or cliques or right. any of that. You know what I mean? So I try to, <coughs> I'm trying to, I got into coaching, but my coaching mentality is more of a mentor mentality. Mm -hmm. If I could give these kids more than just, more than just increase their athletic ability, but increase their mental capacity and their, and, and, and teach them about what they're going to see in the future. You right. know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's where I stand right now. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, you know, it's 
I think mentoring is a huge part of coaching that goes missed by a lot of people. It does. And like you, like you talked about developing that personal relationship. Hey, are you all right? Right. What happened with you and that girl? Mm-hmm. What happened with you and so-and-so? I saw you guys in each other's face. Yeah. How can we squash this? Oh, you two wanted to fight? Stand up and shake each other's yeah. hands. Or do you really want to fight? Let's the three of us go in the back. Let's see if you really are about that. I, you know what I mean? I told I tell each one of the kids I've dealt with, you, I'm, I'm going to be on your behind when you graduate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on your behind when you become a father mm-hmm. and a husband. I'm going to be on your behind all the time for the rest of your life. Because as you grow into manhood, you also need to know that, yo, my coach wasn't only my coach. My coach was my, life coach. my yo, dude. He was my counselor. He's still my counselor. He He's my he's my bank when I'm, I'm, I'm down a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's my kick in the pants when I need it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's the guy I call in the midnight. That's what you're signing up for. Yeah. So you, you it may not be for everybody, yeah. but it will be for if you do it, if you do it right. Yeah. Those kids will always come back and they will, oh, when it's big moments in their life, they're going to look for you and they're yeah. going to find and seek you and be like, yo, coach. I appreciate that. That ain't the white dad. Yo, I don't think she the one, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? What yeah, did you yeah. do? Did you make her fall in love with you? Yeah, stupid. You yeah. shouldn't have did that because you done strung her along now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, or coach, yo. It's bigger than sports. Yo, it's man, yo, my credit game. jacked up. Like, you know what I mean? It's bigger than sports. This is... This is life. The sports is a microcosm of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is supposed to prepare you for what you're really going to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I get real leery with cats that that want to like, you know, you sure you really want to do, do this? The, do the coaching minimum. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and hit you some ground balls and go home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I'm just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just coach because it's a good Pop Warner team. We be going to Florida every year. Like, no, get out of here with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're messing it up. What can up. you provide to these kids other than just a, a, a standardized coaching experience? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to provide more. I want my kids that I train or that I coach or whatever. Right. I want them to know that my door is open to them. Mm-hmm. My phone's always open to them. Right. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's more than that. It's way I mean? more. It's way and, more. And that's what, that's what I think coaching lacks sometimes and that's yeah. what i think all coaches when they do sign up they should know that these kids need more than just a guy yelling at them to catch the ball or a guy yelling at them to work harder they also need more not fathering but you know, you know what i'm saying yeah. like they need they need um idols right figures to look up to they need even if they're Parents are in the picture. It doesn't matter. You right. know what I mean? Right. The more, the more hands on deck. Well, yeah, yeah. And and I think that I love what our state does, especially on the high school level. You got to have a certification coach. Yep. And with that, you know, there's so many different uh, avenues to really take your 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 coaching and your mentor. I'm not a big. I, I really don't like the term mentoring, but for lack of a better yeah, yeah. term, because everybody misuses it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, there there are people out here that can help you groom your career um, if you take it seriously. If not, you know, just recognize if you don't take it seriously, you're messing up kids. Yeah. And, and you're messing up thought problems. And I've seen enough kids in my long, I call it long, short career um, that, I've, that I've ever seen. You know what I'm saying, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and it's a, it's a crying shame, but you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. You know. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you just brought up a point 
um, my mind went sideways a little bit. So, mm-hmm. but you said, um, you know, the word mentor being misused mm-hmm. in the last episode of my podcast with Will, mm-hmm. we talked about, um, anxiety being misused. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your take on, I feel like everyone now cl- claims anxiety versus not not being able to distinguish when you were worried or nervous mm-hmm. versus real anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now, you said you've dealt with depression and anxiety in your past. Mm-hmm. Real depression, real anxiety can be crippling. It is. Yeah. You don't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You can make yourself sick mm-hmm. physically, mentally, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can think you're, you could really believe you're sick. Mm-hmm. You can make yourself throw up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so. <laughs> that that gets to me too with with someone that's dealt with real um anxiety and depression yes. issues um not that i feel like my my issues are greater or anything but what we were talking about was um everyone's nervous before a game mm-hmm. everyone's nervous before a test everyone's nervous for an interview mm-hmm. that's not anxiety those are nerves that that's a normal thing mm-hmm. That's anxiousness. Yeah, yeah. But anxiety sometimes comes from nowhere. Mm-hmm. You might not have anything to worry about today. Yep. And you wake up and you're a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. You feel like you forgot something. You feel like you can't go to work. You feel like you can't complete your day. You know, so so that's that's another thing that I, f- I feel like needs to be attacked head on with, with you know, you said these... Uh, um, you know, there's more avenues now for mental health and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think people need to realize the difference between, you know, a struggling day and really struggling with your emotions and not understanding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, anxiety, you know, um, you know, it's a mental health uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. It's characterized by feelings of worry, um, fear but that are strong enough to interfere with our um, natural ability to go about our day. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, there are unforeseen things that cause panic, that cause um, a break in the day, the break in the normal uh, activity that a person yeah. you know is involved in. Um, I believe that in all things, um, we must be careful, number one, in knowing the differences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, the anxious versus anxiety, um, anxiousness, most times can help us drive if we put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we have to help the the kids and the and the people that we deal with deal with that anxiousness so it doesn't turn into anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I I know you know you're you're an awesome awesome trainer. I've, I've followed you for so so long. So I'm sure you've dealt with uh, the I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I oh. can't do it. I, I, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. So instead of you being a jerk saying, all right, forget it. We'll just try it next week. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? You lighten up the weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the bar is too heavy, I'm pretty sure you'll probably get a piece of PCV pipe or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. To, so they get Anything. used to it. Um, you know, I, I think we must, how do I say? You have to be careful that you don't validate anxiety. Mm-hmm. But you validate the anxiousness. And what I mean is I like that. you must recognize and recognize the difference between the two and speak to the anxiousness because it's the anxiety that's screaming out for uh for a justification. Mm-hmm. We have kids. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know about this, Dad. Come on, man. You'll be all right. Come on. We'll do it together. Yeah. All right. I'll try it. Like, there's that. <sighs> that relief. And like, yo, I got help. Now. He yeah. validated the fact that I ain't want to tell him the whole story. I ain't trying to tell Daddy I'm that scared. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm shook. You know what I'm saying? But like, you're, But you're showing them that their feelings are real and they're valid. Absolutely. But they can be overcome. Right. And, and you, that's part of building that inner beast. Absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. And and we make a big deal of those things. You know what I like? I love the, and I know you saw it, the video of, of the young man who didn't have arms. And he was trying to do the box jump. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you see the he's people. Falling, they're cheering for him and all that. Yes. Mm -hmm. There there are so many different ways that we can validate people. Mm -hmm. Number one, you see the girl, which I found was pretty interesting because usually the guy in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl, the lady's in his ear. You can do it. You can do it. But if he knows there are like two, other, two or three other people who were just standing next to the kid. Mm -hmm. Like on either side and one behind. They really didn't say much, but their presence validated. And he knows, and he knows that he's, they're protecting him. God forbid something happens. Right. You know what I mean? And like you said, his, their presence validates. Their presence. Yeah. Coaches. Y'all hear D. Lou Wisdom again. That is why we don't play around with coaching mm -hmm. and or mentoring. Because your presence can do one of two things. It can tear down or it can build up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And if you're tearing down, like you, you're you doing, it's kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> those cartoons. It's like, oh, we went back and we we went in the past. Don't touch nothing or else it's going to alter the future. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens. I really believe that, yo, if you, if you mess with, if you mishandle it, you're altering the future in a bad way. Yeah. For not only our kids, you're altering your kids' friends. You are you're all you're, you're met one false move. That's why you yo if if, if you you ain't you gonna coach coach. Mm -hmm. You gonna be involved, be involved. If not, you gonna half behind it just like anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Like it, I'm sure you probably told people that you train. Hey man, you know this may not be for you. Like you know oh, what yeah, I mean. I, like I had to, and it, and it's hard to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to be honest with people. You know what absolutely. I mean? And you got to let them know what it's gonna be like. I tell people all the time. Look. I'm here every step of the way. Yep. I'll give you every tool you need. But at the same time, this isn't going to be easy. Right. I've had people lose 75, 100 pounds. Yeah. But it's work. Yeah. I don't provide you um, a magical pill or, or anything right. like that. I'm giving you real life tools right. to lead a healthier lifestyle. Right. And mentally as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I believe that all coincides. You know what I mean? I believe so too. Um you take care of your physical health, I believe your mental goes with it. Yeah. I tell people all the time, the gym saved me. Yeah. You know, uh, right. I, I went from, you know, drinking a lot, partying, yeah. this and that. And then one day I just flipped a switch. I, I, I saw myself and I said, you know, damn, I never used to look like that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. one day I just took a picture on Facebook and mm -hmm. I said, I said, wow, I want to tell that person to take it down, but I don't have it in me to call someone and say, take that picture down. I right, right, right. So, that was like a Saturday where right. I drank till 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. I called my boy Mo. I said, what time do you go to the gym? He said, 5 a.m. I said, pick me up Monday morning at 4.30. Mm. That was six years ago. Pick me up at 4.30. I haven't I haven't stopped since. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. It, because once you, I just tell people you just got to go. When you, when, you just got to start. You got to you know start, I mean? yeah. It's not going to be easy, but the hardest thing to do is just start. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. Once you start, just like the car. Once the car is moving, you're gaining momentum. 
Right. You know what I mean? One step forward. That's right. all you need to do. Bobby, I, I was a top at, and, and with that comes denial. I was 447 pounds. Strong as heck. This was after college? This, this was this was 2018, day, oh, so after, day after the Super Bowl. Okay. I jumped on the scale. I didn't believe it. You know, I ain't no, whatever. I still look good. And I oh, saw it a picture. It fast. It I saw a picture of myself. No, 447, diabetic, 35 years old. I'm like, and I'm going to the gym five days a week. Mm-hmm. Lifting, you know, strong. Of course, I'm strong as all get up. Mm-hmm. But I am a walking square. <laughs> and I did not. And I saw <laughs> a walking, reading. I could have went to the WWE. I could have did something. Yeah. <laughs> like, and my wife is like, baby, gain some weight, baby, gain some weight. Do you, you're just big. Look, just big, just big. Man, I saw a picture of myself, and I'm going to pull it up for you. Yeah. And this was the picture that did it for me. And sometimes that's all it takes. Two years later, two and change, I mean, I've dropped over, what's that, I'm 313 now. So you do the math. 134. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I'm, I'm working toward my goal of being 270. Wow. Like, but yo, it, it, you got to get over the denial that, okay, you are in the state that you're in. Mm-hmm. You got there however you did it, whether it was the Dunkin' Donuts demon, the McDonald's demon, whatever. Yo, bro, I was I was going, yo, and, 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 and I, as a top-tier athlete, Bob, I, <laughs> my wife used to think, because I hate bridges, right? Mm-hmm. So my wife used to think, you ain't get, you getting off of exit uh, 33 because you're scared. You won't go over the bridge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what it was for, for a while? I would be like, well, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. You want to know what the real reason was? Because I didn't want to get off exit 34. Because when I got off exit 34, McDonald's, McDonald's right would scare me right in my face. Yep, yep. And I knew that every day when I got home, I was going to go on that drive through and I was going to go get me a fish sandwich and, some, and a couple fries and stuff like that. But not knowing that I was literally killing myself mm-hmm. each and and. I just got out of that denial. I don't know how it happened, but I saw a picture of myself. I couldn't believe what I saw. And I just started working at it piece by piece. So so let's get some more. Uh, so now, let me see the picture. Yeah. Let me see. Now. Yeah, wow, you look like a different person. How person. dark I was. How, now, here's the thing. You can trick yourself by doing good for people. Mm-hmm. But not dealing with the bad inside yourself. Yep, yep. Now, this picture, this was um, one of the first events that I did. Every year I do, like, during um, uh, Super Bowl Sunday uh, at the church. I was I was ordained as a pastor. And what I did was I got the com- different communities together. And we did, like, awards for, like, different cheerleading squads teams in the tri-state area it was it was a cool event like it's called the breakfast of champions so something like that that we wanted to do on behalf of the church to just recognize some people in the community different communities yeah yeah yeah. you know especially from where our membership um you know was residing and somebody took that picture it wasn't like a gag you know different pictures and stuff and i saw that bob and I, i i looked at it honestly 
for about two hours in my bathroom and I and I was just crying my eyes out because I could not believe that I had let myself You're go. You're doing like, what happened to me? What did I do? What happened? Yeah, yeah. What happened? That's like, a great point though about, um, you know, doing good for others. Sometimes you're tricking yourself. That, that's a great point. I never thought of it that way. But that, I, I bet you a lot of people are doing that, mm -hmm. you know, and they think they're doing well because of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that, and that doesn't mean you aren't doing well. Absolutely. But at the same time, you, your health's got to come first at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do, how do you, we need some more DLU wisdom. How, how do you flip that switch? Because there's people that know. People call me all the time and they say, I need your help, but I don't know if I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm going to start with you next month. Or let's, why not just start tomorrow? Or why not, you know what I mean? How how do you how do you teach somebody to flip that switch? People don't think they could do it. Everyone can flip that switch. In my mind, everybody could flip that switch. I mean, obviously, everyone has different circumstances. People are busier than others, but you're never too busy. You know what I mean? I go, I get up and I'll go to the gym 4.35 in the morning. People think I'm crazy. I don't do that because I love the gym at five in the morning. I don't want to get up at four thirty in the morning. But that sometimes is the only time I know for sure I'll make it. So I make it. You know what I mean? How do you teach somebody to make that time when they're not used to? I have some people that have never worked out a day in their life. Mm -hmm. How do you tell them that yes, this is hard, but at the same time, it's not that hard. You know what I mean? Confidence. Yeah. Um, confidence must be built. Mm -hmm. in yourself you must tell yourself to tell yourself that you and yourself can do anything that you put your mind to again i'm 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 a spiritual guy i believe in in what the bible that's just my life mm -hmm. and and there are scriptures that say you know um uh it's a philippian scripture that says being confident in this very thing that he who hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of jesus christ so those were things that i did for my own my own mental health has been rooted in prayer and in 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 meditation and time spending with yourself i often say bob the scariest image that you will ever see in life is a reflection in the mirror Wow. Rooted in silence. Yeah. When it's silent, when it's dead silent, you are you are married to what is inside your spirit and what is inside your heart. Because you'll hear your heart speak. Like, you know what I mean? You will hear your emotions inside of you speak to you. Absolutely. And, it, and, and coupled with that mirror moment, you will see things in yourself, number one. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, you'll see the good. Yeah, you'll see that stuff. Okay, but of guess course. what? You'll also see the stuff that you must deal with you and the stuff that, you must, attack that you must attack head on. And that you must, number first, you must acknowledge. Mm -hmm. You must acknowledge that. That's the okay, first part. Right. Just like a rehab would say. Absolutely. You know, the first thing is to acknowledge there's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So what is it? And then how do I combat right, it? Right, right. Piece by piece, step by step. You know, when we were younger, you know, being ignorant and stuff, you ever see like the really out of shape people with the little baby weights and they're just... Moving their arms and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's like, <laughs> look at that. Yo, do you know how big that could be for a person oh, I know. who's scared to raise their arm or scared to get out of that bed mm -hmm. because they think that they're just going to trip and fall or something bad may happen to exactly. them or whatever? Someone's going to make fun of them at the gym. Right. And, and, and you know, and again, I, I've seen those people 
at the gym and because you know i'm okay with myself i'm confident in myself even when i was big even as i'm you know continue to go along my weight loss journey and everything because you know what you're capable of yeah Mm -hmm. and it makes me go to that person say hey man good job I see you working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Keep doing it. Thank you so much, man. It's so hard, dude. Yeah. Dude, dude, yo, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. I don't care. You know, just keep going, man. Yeah. And those same people, you know, again, relationships. Mm-hmm. Forging those relationships with people and stuff, too. It's very important. But So I, I, I would I would say that um, that is the first step towards, because you can flip that switch. And then, you know, some of us go through the extremes. Some of us, like... Yo, I'm yo, I'm I'm not even working out tomorrow. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna follow you. Yeah. I'm gonna work out with you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care what level you're at. You know what I mean? Certain people are like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but again, it's a very scary place. And you're in and, and look, you know, like I said, I'll talk about and a know, judgmental place. And that's yeah. what makes it scary. Yeah, it, it it is because you know you're 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 allowing somebody else to take a piece of you to work with, like mm-hmm. you know. However, you know, their emotions may be cocooned and wrapped inside of themselves. It's a big step for certain people to allow other people into their lives in an intimate matter, such as the way that they may look. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? One-on-one training. Yeah, man. They got to, you know, I ask people for pictures. Mm -hmm. I say, I will never share them. If you don't give me permission, I will never share them. Mm -hmm. And people are still like, I'm not sending you pictures. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I understand how hard it can be. Yeah. Um, another thing is like I like to – my Instagram, I like to keep as active as I can because mm-hmm. social media is the best promotion. Oh, yeah, it is. But at the same time, a lot of my clients don't want to be filmed, mm-hmm. don't want their pictures taken. Right. So it's, it's, it's hard because I want to show everyone what people are capable of, all shapes, all sizes, all strengths, all – you know what I mean? But at right. the same time, you can't always show that. But I, I, I try to make it a point, um, especially on social media, Instagram, Facebook, right. when I see people working out, mm-hmm. whether it be if they took a walk and it took them 30 minutes to walk a mile, That's right. I still give them an emoji That's right. or a good for you. Yeah. And, and, and you know, some people will break my balls here and there, like, why are you shouting that person out? But like you said, it could mean the world to that it person. the world, man. And, and people tend to think... You know, people with with popularity, people mm-hmm. tend to think you're bigger than you are. Oh yeah. So I'm yes, sure people yes. saw you as a Division One football player, all American. Yeah. They think you're untouchable, yeah. or or un- unreachable, or unapproachable. Yeah. People think that of me at the gym. I lift heavy weight, mm-hmm. covered in tattoos, mm-hmm. have my big headphones on, so I keep my head down. Yeah. It's not because I'm, I'm I'm an ass. It's just I'm locked in at that moment. Right. But then people get to meet me, and I always get the same comment. Oh wow, you're not the dick I thought you were. Mm. And then I'm like, damn, like I come off. Why that I gotta way? be all that? You know, hey, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you just have, you know, you have a stigma about you mm-hmm. when you when you carry with confidence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you show people like, hey, you need a spot or hey, good job or this and that, that could mean the world to some oh, people. Cool. If you just walk up to a guy that's 400, 500 pounds and he's on the treadmill sweating, mm-hmm. and you just say, hey, man, keep working, yeah. that could make that guy's day week. <laughs> That could, he might be on the treadmill thinking, I'll never do this again. Mm. And that could turn him in around. And then next thing you know, you could run into him two years from now. And he might say, because you said that, I'm still here. Yeah. You know? That happened to me yesterday. I was, um, I have a training partner. Shout out to my man, Mo. He's my brother. And um, he's he's 50. 
And, you know, I'm 38. He's like a big brother to me, man. And um, we encourage each other. You, we be praying during workouts because we'd be tired and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, we, we're kind of like the mayors of the gym. And I, I saw a guy, he's an ex-Marine. And he said, Jesus, man. He was like, he said, you're a big dude, man. I was like, dude, I was bigger. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? I said, man, I was 447. He said, are you kidding me? He was like, man. And I told him my story. He's like, yeah, man, I've gained like, like 90 pounds, man. I'm just trying to. I'm like, yo, dude. I said, you were already a Marine. Yeah. He's like, you know, I forget that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, you did, I'm what, sure you. 90% of these we people. We can't do. do you, know? you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, dude, go. I said, bro. I said, can I give you some advice? He was a younger guy. He said, yeah. I said, it all, you can't do it all at once, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ain't, 90 pounds time. ain't going to come on. Stop looking at pounds. Yeah. Like, look at how you feel. Maybe 240 is your new 200. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Oh yeah, so that that's a that's a point I uh, I talk about a lot is is drop the scale for a while. Yeah. you know what I mean. Especially when you have big goals, 50, 75, 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. Go off a of feel. I tell people take pictures and judge by your clothes. You know mm -hmm. how your clothes fit. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden that shirt's baggier, mm -hmm. you're doing your work. You do something right. Yeah, you know what I mean. If it, all, it all, ain't sudden, the machine. if all of a sudden you need to add an extra notch <coughs> to your belt to tighten it up, right. You're doing your job. You know what I mean? Yo, Bob, I used to be like, yo. <laughs> yo. yo. First of all, it ain't me. I'm all American. I'm good. It ain't me. I'm not getting no weight. I'm like, Darius, what? what's wrong with the boss machine? I'm messing up my shirt. I said, stop putting my shirt you shrunk, dry. You shrunk it again? Why these jeans don't fit? You put it in the dryer again. What's wrong with you? Everybody's catching wreck. Yeah. And it's and it's like, oh, yeah. and I started losing weight. Like, babe, look. He's also, like, oh, you know, ain't the dryer then, huh? Yeah, I like, shrink yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you stop washing my stuff so that I can fit it. You know what I mean? But again, it's it's coming to grips with reality, coming to grips with yourself, man. Like, like, yo, I mean, I'm mean, as far as like it's funny, you know, I I never really looked until now, like touching 40, like your body and mental health are so married to each other. To 100%. where I think we, you know, you us as athletes, we trained, like, you know, we lifted, we ran because it was a part of our training regimen to be an athlete. And now that we're not engaged in athletics from a playing standpoint, like, it really is for your mental health. Oh, I had a horrible week at work mm -hmm. last week. Last week was one of the best gym weeks of my adult life. Yeah, you go out there, you take every bit of stress, yeah. and you put it into into that work. You know, what and I mean? it helped me for this week. Yeah, you and know, I make sure you woke up Monday. Right, you want to go back to, go. to the gym. You, wanna, to go. you can't wait for the next workout. I was mad it was my wife's birthday. I'm like, I, I won't go work out. Yeah. You really going to work out? Like, all right, I ain't gonna go. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to, but you, ha you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um. What's next? What's next for you? Well, I am currently I I have I've been sitting on it for a while. This is your time to plug. Um <laughs> yeah, I I've, I've been sitting on you know, uh the paved the way player development um stuff so we're you know, we're we're promoting that doing more as far as like the interviewing uh, people around athletics and and stuff like that. Um, essentially, I mean, I'm I'm out of coaching right now. I'm not not interested in doing that per se because I'm just looking over my son's career and giving yeah. him all the attention and just being a dad. Yep. Not only my son's career, my other children too. Of um, 
How many children do you have? Um, I we have four. We have four kids. Um, so, you know, we we're any looking more, at any more coming. No, no, I cut that false of all. Two thousand nine. Ain't no more there, man. My oldest, my young, my youngest is uh, is twelve. Okay. So I'm I'm looking to do that. Um, you know, as far as the agency is concerned, I'm also uh, something that's been on my heart as far as the agency is concerned. I'm I'm gonna be creating starting tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna be creating a sports needs pantry. Okay. So um, we're looking for I don't care what the sports is, whether it be tennis rackets to football cleats for especially those kids in the inner cities and yeah, yeah. and those I, I, I think love ab- that idea. I, I think about those moms who have three boys who are gonna go down to the Seahawks and try to come up with two uh six hundred seventy five dollars for their kids to play. Yeah, yeah. That who may be struggling or Single because of COVID. Or whatever yeah. Or, or families that because of COVID, you know, where both parents are out of work and maybe not getting any money. Yeah, yeah. Um I we're gonna start Corella collecting funds to do some scholarships. I like that. You know, for the kids. Uh so hopefully anybody who's listening, if you're interested, uh pave the way PD at gmail dot com. You can reach us there. Uh that's one of the big things that we really want to do uh, over the next couple months or a month and a half really. Uh, to help some of those kids in the community. Um, one of the things that, that's been an aspiration of mine for a long time has been um, a prep school um, that I've, I've, I've thought of maybe. Developing oh, your own prep school? Developing a virtual online-based prep school offering. Wow. Uh, yeah, offering some, um, you know, like basketball, some women's sports. We'll start with football, basketball, and the women's end. You know, we'll start with girls' basketball, something like that. Um, a school wrote it, uh, rooted in the social sciences, um, dealing with, like, mental health and substance Absolutely. abuse. And kids would come. And, and here's, here's the kicker of it. Uh, we want to keep it affordable just as much as a community college. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be totally online. Online with a partnership with the area community colleges as well for kids that want to, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of my dreams that I'm, I'm hoping to erect very, very, very soon. Man. Now, now very soon. what are you thinking as far as, are you thinking um, from between high school to college yeah. or are you talking post-grad. high school age, post-grad? Post-grad. Okay. Um, remember back in the day, Milford Academy? Yep, yep. Why was Milford Academy great? Because it was in Milford. Like, <laughs> you know, it was local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was inexpensive. And, and and because of many places like Milford Academy for people in the Northeast, it it gave gave kids like that second breath that that second uh, uh, breath almost in their in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of kids can't afford the the tuitions at some of the other prep schools. It's yeah. very difficult to pay for. Oh, yeah. but, but I think that we're losing so many talented student athletes on in so many sports because of their inability to access funds to. Okay, I, I didn't do that great in, in math, um, so I, I need to go to PG or whatever for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love love to do that and, and connect with some area schools. So from the podcast stuff, from the from the player development, we, I, I'm hoping I can erect that over the next you know couple years. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I don't care what sports it is, as long as it's helping out kids. Be honest with well, you. Well, I'm, I'm definitely interested in the um, the sports pantry thing. So yeah. if I could help in any way, absolutely, man. Reach out, you know absolutely. I mean? And those listening, man, listen. If you, again, this is you know, I don't, I'm not sure how many sports pantries are around. You know what so I mean? I've but, never heard of it. But yeah, it sounds it sounds brilliant. I've been blessed, like in my career, to have to to meet with so many great 
parents and parent organizations, especially in Fairfield County. Yeah. You know what I mean? That have been a great, great resource to a lot of my teams that I've, I've coached over the years. So I'll definitely be reaching out to them. Um, again, I, again, I just, I, I Bobby, I envision that, that mom with those kids, those boys want to play ball she and can't afford she just can't, yeah. can't afford it or they pay it and they can't buy the cleats. They can't buy the Under Armour stuff. I mean, down in Bridgeport, you see kids wearing thermal under, you know, undergarments and mm-hmm. pants when it's cold. They don't have the money, and it and it breaks my heart because, of course, I, you know, that stuff ain't cheap. You know what I mean? But it's like but listen, they deserve it. But they deserve. They all it. deserve it. You know? and, and through the sports pantry program, like we like to, you know, um, again, it's maybe a little far fetched, but I think with God, all things are possible. I want kids who sign up for the paved the way stuff to, you know, uh, get a surface. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping if any grant writers out there that can help a brother out, man, you know, <laughs> you know, I want to get like the kids laptops and surfaces so they can, you know, ac- easily access their schoolwork on a day to day basis. And, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't I don't find it. I don't find it to be far fetched. Yeah. I mean, I think like what we talked about with that, it, it all starts with an idea and, and a step forward. Right. Right. And, um, you know, a million people, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? So through all your connections and, and there's a million people that want to help, you know what right, I mean? Right. And the, the power now of social media right, is incredible. Absolutely. So it, it just takes one person to hear your your, your dream. I pray and, so, and, man. And, yeah. and make it come true. You Absolutely. Know what I, mean? I mean, we don't have all the resources as far as money goes, but you never know if one person says, wow, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I now have the funds to help out. But when I was a kid, I didn't have any funds. Absolutely. Let me donate back to these right. kids. That's Absolutely. all it takes. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Did you see um, how Amazon donated to Bailey? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Amazon donated, um, I don't know the number, so if I'm wrong, uh, I'm sure I'll get corrected by someone, but I think 450 tablets to to Bailey Middle School. My kid got one of them. Kendall Fires. Wow. So Amazon donated... I don't know how Bailey Middle School got chose. Some, maybe someone wrote a letter, but yeah. Jeff Bezos, I guess, donated. They sent them down and wow, during COVID, and each kid was allowed one at a time to go pick up a Kindle Fire. So now my kid has one. The whole the whole seventh grade going into eighth grade class received a Kindle Fire. Wow, awesome. So you never know. You know what I mean? No, you never do. That could be you next. Right, right, right. The sports pantry. So I really hope so. You know, and finally, like you know, I'm um, still working in ministry. Uh, you know, toiling with the fact of, of, of opening a church here in, in, in West Haven, which yeah. I believe the Lord is leading, you know, me and my wife to, you know, we love the, love the town. We love to continue to be a part of what's going on here. Uh, but I've been blessed to, to serve as uh, the associate pastor of my church, which is the Cathedral Holy Spirit in Bridgeport, um, for the past five years. So okay. um, I've also done, you know, continued my work with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as an um, area representative and do some work on that. and. You know, do the best I can to stretch man. myself up. Yeah, busy I stay busy, man. I thought I, I thought I stopped being busy when I semi-retired, but it ain't, it ain't uh, working. <laughs> so, um, let's. Why don't you? Why don't you plug everything in as far as um, your contacts? How people could get a hold of you? Um, one for pave the way. Yeah. I, I know you sent your email. Uh, you said your email a minute yeah. ago, but 
why don't you give that plug if you want to if you want to give your you know Instagram, Facebook, anything like yep. that, so people could reach out, they could see what you're about, see what you're doing, and reach out if they need to. No problem, no problem. Again, you know you can reach me directly. I'll give you my I've given my cell phone number. Just announce who you are and don't be you know if you talk crazy. You know we'll take care of you. Big guy, <laughs> see him on. But um two zero three eight one five nine five four six. Um again uh the the email is paved the way p a v e t h e W-A-Y-P-D at gmail.com. Um, we're working on a website right now. So, But you can also meet me on Instagram, King D. Lou, L-E-W-71 on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as well. Um, we're in the middle of, you know, I got the world's greatest assistant ever. So <laughs> I keep her busy. Even though she yells at me wife? every day. No, wife? no. Actually, oh, you know, Daria is kind of like the silent assistant. I have a real... A sister, her name's Nia. She's just excellent. She's been a friend of mine for almost twenty years. Oh wow! And um, and I trust her with everything. She's along with my wife, um, who all is my biggest support. She's she's right underneath my wife, you know. With um, you know, Derek, I think it's time for you to do some stuff. This is ridiculous. You need to do. It. She's trying to take me, get me to do a book, um, a, a quick little ebook, which I'm like. So they're gonna, the two of them are gonna keep. Yeah, crazy. they're kicking my butt. They keep me busy, <laughs> man. But I thank God for them, man. But you know, that's that's it. That's it. All right, one more thing. Yeah. Any other thing? Any more wisdom from D. Louis that you want to speak? <laughs> whether it be to athletes, whether it be to coaches, on adults people with mental health issues people that are any anything you want to you want to i mean i i'd say acquire knowledge Mm -hmm. um always life yes life life is a a a long journey of learning Mm -hmm. um allow yourself to be taught um you cannot be a leader unless you follow you got to be a great follower in order to be a good leader Mm -hmm. you know you you know uh and then if you're a good leader you know you continue to to move forward in in that assignment of yours but i would i would be encouraged to, to tell those who are mentoring and those who are coaching um make sure your passion door is ready mm-hmm. um if it's something that you are looking to do and you feel that like you've been assigned on this earth to do i ask that you would do it full fledged full speed ahead without any limits or regrets i agree 100 um, and i believe that you must leave a legacy of what you say and do more so than the wins and the losses. Um, you could be a great winner and a horrible person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think in this day and hour, we don't, we, we've, we've, we've been dealing with enough horrible people, self-centered people. I think that, um, you can, you can have some personal glory, uh, attached to, um, you know, you doing something good for somebody else mm-hmm. and not compromise yourself. You Absolutely. Know? You know, Absolutely. so, um, I, I, I would I would urge that I would urge you to get under some leadership um, as far as your spiritual life, your your overall life. Um, and it doesn't matter the age. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it never too late. It's, it's never, never too late to start. No, it's not. Um, I, it's funny. As we were talking, um, one of the guys I've always looked at him as an uncle as we close. Um, I never knew that he was following everything that I said. Mm -hmm. And one day he said to me, he said, he says, Big D, I look up to you. This is a 60 year old. That's an incredible feeling, right? Yeah, it's an incredible feeling for a man that I look up to. So it means I must be walking and talking the right thing. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that said, I think we're going to wrap it up.
All right. Uh, I appreciate you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Again, again that's man. King D. Lou, Derek Lewis. Uh, Instagram, King D. Lou 71. Uh, everyone go follow. Check him out. Check out what he's doing. If you could help and support in any way with all his future endeavors, please reach out. You could also reach out to me. Um, I will get you in touch with him any way possible. Um, thanks for coming, man. Thank you so much for I having me. I really it, appreciate it, bro. Appreciate yeah, definitely. Hope well, to do it again do it soon. Again. We got to do it again. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm looking forward to putting this out and seeing what the people think. All right. so thanks, man. All right, now.